You're listening to the Weekly Parsha Podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Pishamish Israel, 5782, 2022. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Pikude, and at the beginning of our Parsha, the Torah tells us how Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, who had been in charge of collecting the money, collecting the silver and the gold, and all of the different donations that were given to the Mishkan, to the tabernacle, he gave an accounting these are the countings and he had other people involved in the countings he's the son of Aaron the priest he was involved in the counting and the Medrash discusses and tells us some very important ideas which I think are very powerful and we can all take home with us and share with others perhaps says the Medjish at the beginning of our parsha. This is how Rav Tanchuma began. He used the Pasuk, as is the way of the Midrashim. He uses the Pasuk elsewhere to explain the concept that we have here. It refers to somebody who is one who is trustworthy, a person who people trust. He has many blessings. Excuse me. We find that whoever is trustworthy, Hashem brings blessings through his hands. Someone who is not trustworthy, and he is quick. He's running to get rich. He's running to get rich. Very interesting. The contrast, usually a Pasuk like this, is bringing two sides of the coin. One is a person who is trustworthy. The other person is someone who's running to get rich. That means he's running to get rich and he doesn't care about knocking people over on his way. That's okay with him. doesn't bother him. So, says the Medrash, We find that whoever is considered a person who is neman, who is trustworthy, so Hashem brings blessings upon his hands, or through his hands. But a person who's not trustworthy, so what happens is that they're going to, means they're going to end up with sins. They're going to end up not cleansed of their sins. Who is the trustworthy one? Who is the one that the verse is referring to when it speaks about someone who is trustworthy, that God trusts and therefore brings blessings? So, this is Moshe Rabbeinu. Who's called God refers to Moshe to Moses as the trustworthy one in all of his home, so to speak. He is the most trustworthy. Rav Brachis. What does it mean that the one who is trustworthy in this context, many blessings come? All of the things that he was in charge of, he oversaw meaning he oversaw all of the collections of the Mishkan. So there was a blessing. There was a blessing that came upon it since he was Naaman. And we're going to see soon, I want to actually finish the piece before we get into this particular point, which is something I'd like to focus on. But what is the idea that there's a blessing? There's a blessing. We think of blessings as something which represents a ribui, Right, blessings. May Hashem shower you with blessings more than you can ever dream of. Right, that's what we think of blessings. But 
we're going to see that blessings may mean that and it may not mean that. But it's good to it's good to think about as we continue. What is the concept of blessings? What is the concept that whatever he he does is blessed? And we can think about it. You know, Yosef at Sadik, whatever he touched turned to gold. Where, you know, wherever he was, whatever situation he found himself in, so everything everything was golden. Everything was blessed. Yaakov Avinu brought great blessing upon Lavan. Uh, Yosef also, again, brought blessing on Potiphar's house, to, to Paro's palace, to his coffers. But we're going to see that it has a slightly different meaning. But let's continue over here because this is a second point in the Medrash. I'm going to come back to this first point. But there's a second point here that's also important. You find that there's people who who are running to get rich. And now Korach is interesting because we find that the Gemara says that Korach was one of the richest people ever. He took the wealth that Yosef had gathered and he was and he had that wealth. He had that great there's a phrase even in, in Yiddish, Reich Vikoirach, someone who's as rich as Korach. Yeah. So says the Medrash. But he was not rich in a certain way. He was very poor in a certain way. Why Shay Levi? He was a Levi. And as the Mafurshim explained, he wanted to skip levels wanted to, you know, Kohanim are uh, raised above the, the Levites. The, the, the priests are, are on a higher level. And the high priest is on a higher level still. So Korach was just a Levi, and he wanted to jump not just to Kohen, he wanted to jump to Kohen Gadol. Right? So that's an Utz. What was the end of him? What was this end of this jump? The ground opened its mouth. Okay, meaning he came to a very terrible death as a result of his, we could call it a lack of namonos, lack of faith, lack of belief, lack of belief that the place that he had was his place, trying to get to a different place. Moshe Rabbeinu is someone who's trustworthy, he doesn't try to grab money that's not his, he doesn't try to take something that doesn't belong to him, right? And as we'll soon see, a person who's a, a gizvart tzedakah, who's collecting uh, charity for others, and everybody knows him to be trustworthy, so people are more likely to give to him. It's going to be a much greater blessing that comes upon that type of collection. person who's trying to grab something that's not his, like a Korach, ends up in destruction. Another explanation. The message points out another thing that Moshe did, which is very interesting. Moshe was a gizbor. He was in charge of collecting and also in charge of uh, delegating all the different parts of the Mishkan, the creation of them. Our sages tell us that generally speaking, when somebody is going to be a gizbor to collect money from the tzibor, from the pot, from the shul, let's say, the members of the shul, of the synagogue or whatever, of the community. So, you can't have one person in charge of it because he will abuse his power. He'll be the only, you'll only answer to him, right? And when he abuses his power, the result will be that uh, it's not going to work out so well. People are not want to give, going to want to give money. So therefore, we we appoint a second person to be the partner 
with the person collecting the money. So we find that Moshe was the collector himself. Everyone was asked to bring the money to him. Right? But we just said that there's a principle that you don't allow only one person to do it. Okay, Moshe Rabbeinu was on a very high level. He was a, he was a very humble person. But still, the Medrash says it, it's not appropriate. Even though Moshe was, in a certain sense, alone, he nevertheless would bring other people in, and he would count it out. He would count out and, and give a, an accounting for all the money that came in. The Mufarshim explained that what he would actually do is he would he would have someone come in and give an accounting for all that was all the all the silver that was used. And then he would ever, everyone come back and say exactly how much they had donated. And then they would see that the numbers lined up. Okay? So even though he was doing it by himself, he still brought others in to join him in the accounting. It doesn't say that he counted. That were counted based on Moses' word. Based on Moshe's word. It was done by by Moshe in the hands of Isamar. So there was a second person that was involved. Okay, so we have two points here. One point is this point of whoever is trustworthy, so there's blessings in what he does. And second of all, there's the point that we have that a person needs to know that they can't be the only power, the only uh the only the last say. The one who everyone is answerable to. There needs to be a second person. Think about parenting. It's good to have someone who's a tough guy. And you also need the nice, the soft parent as well. You need someone to balance it out. Okay, so that's the second point. But I'd like to come back to the first point. Because I asked the question, which was, what does it mean that there were blessings? Does it mean that there was a ripu? Does it mean that there was a lot? There was so much, it was just overflowing? We do find that the Pasuk says that there was a daiva haisa, there was enough and, and extra. However, the Yitzhak says something amazing. It's very important, it's a big, big yisayid. It's a very foundational idea when it comes to our ruchnius and our relationship with Hashem. And it connects to Korach very interestingly on the opposite side. I'm going to read it to you now the Eitz Yisuf. He says like this. The exact amount that Moshe received was exactly how much was needed for the Mishkan. Not a penny less and not a penny more. Now that is unbelievable. Right? So what's the idea? The amount of silver that was needed for the different parts, there was, a, there was extra. But what happens? We, we see actually in the next section of the measure, which I'm not going to read, but in the next section we see that there was extra. Moshe said, What do I do with the extra? And then he was, uh, he was directed to make a, a second, another section of the Mishkan or another oil called the oil Moed, which was according to the Yosef. Uh, another tent within the tent for the Aaron special that was the extra which also needs an explanation why the extra had to do with the Aaron that's worth thinking about but this is this extra there was an extra 1700 etc another amazing thing it says that they would make 
they didn't have like a some kind of uh fuss is the word in Hebrew, like a, a form that they would put the silver into and it would take the form. They would be exactly the same. But they were exactly the same. Every single one was exactly the same. All of the hooks looked exactly the same. And it wasn't being done in a way that should have naturally that should have naturally occurred. That which would be impossible to figure it out, if not for the fact that Hashem Himself had directed the entire thing. Because I think this is what it means that for Hashem, there's no such thing as a, there's no extra. There's no, there's nothing missing and there's no extra. When it comes to the way that Kodesh Baruch Hu runs the world, there's nothing extra and there's nothing missing. Says the Medrash, says the Yosef, that look later on and you'll see that uh, the explanation for this, as far as what's the, was there extra? Was there not extra? And it says we explained that the extra indeed was, there was an extra, but that extra was specifically there so that Moshe Rabbeinu would make a separate ohel, a separate tent for the urn, for the ark. So this comes out an amazing idea, foundational idea. And this idea is, you know, we are used to thinking that I need, I need a lot. I need more money. Why do I need more money? So that I can, number one, have more things. I need more money so I can feel you know, I'm, I've got what I need. I need more so that I can feel like I've got what I need. And, you know, really, what this, what the Eitz is telling us is that the Ish Namon, right? Think about Korach. It's never enough. He doesn't ever think that he has what he needs. He's supposed to be a kind Gadol. He's supposed to be not just a priest. He's not, he's not a priest. He's not only, he's not happy with what he has. The fact that he's a Levi, a Levite, he wants something more. He wants to be a Kohen. And he doesn't just want to be a Kohen. He wants to be a Kohen Guttel. He's not happy with what he has. He doesn't recognize that there's no such thing as something extra or something less. If I have a certain thing, if I have a certain... Uh, something I feel like I'm missing. It's so interesting because we just spoke about this on the Bitachim podcast. But if there's something that I feel like I'm missing, the Medrash is telling us... Ish Naman, a person who's trustworthy, he's... Uh, it's Mizbarech Biyadoi. There's blessings in his hands. But what does it mean there's blessings in his hands? It means that he always has exactly what he needs. He doesn't need any more to prove to himself that he has enough. He doesn't have any less because he has, because it's very clear that exactly what he has is exactly what he needs. It's an incredible thing. It's an incredible idea. It's an incredible lesson. You could think, look, I want to be talking. I, I, I trust in Hashem. I'm going to have my, you know, show me Hashem that I, I, I really have what I need. I have everything. I have more. I have more. I feel more comfortable that way. But why do I need the money to feel more comfortable? Then it just becomes an idol. It becomes an idol. becomes a false prophet. A false, a false feeling. I need to know that I have what I, all that I need because Hashem has given me exactly what I have. Hashem has given me exactly what I have and it's exactly what I need. And that's an amazing thing. And Maishra Rabbeinu, who's the person who, okay, you could say, look, Maishra Rabbeinu is the greatest of all men. He's like the, 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 the leader of Klaus. He's a melech. He's a king. Of course he has everything. Of course he has everything. But did he have everything? 
you find that Moshe Rabbeinu says, how can I carry everything myself? He ends up giving, he ends up delegating to Chachamim, to others, to Sari Ameyah, Sari Alafim, etc. Moshe Rabbeinu has a hard time. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. Being a king is not necessarily the most enviable position. I remember 20, 20 years ago, uh, maybe uh, more than that, the, when uh, Rav Moshe Sherer passed away, and the mantle of leadership of the Aguda went over to the Novominsky Rebbe. So everyone was caught, was saying, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov, wow, you've been appointed to be the, the Rish Aguda. And I remember my Rosh Hashiva saying that the people who say that don't understand that it's a tremendous responsibility. To be a leader is a tremendous responsibility. It's a position of covet, maybe, it's a position of honor, but the difficulties and challenges outweigh by far. So Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu is the Ish Nemon. The whole basi Nemon, he's the Ish Nemon, he's the one who, what does Nemon mean? Trustworthy means that I do, I say I'm going to do something, I do exactly what I say. Not a little more, not a little less. Things are, things are, things are, you know that you can trust this person. Because if they say something, it's going to be done. If they say something, it's going to be done. Moshe Rabbeinu, it's misbarach biyad, the people trust him. But even more so, even deeper level, not just people trust him and therefore they know they can give him the money. On a deeper level, this person, Moshe Rabbeinu, what's the Lashon? He's the Ish, Ish Emunais. Ish Emunais, we could say, means the person who has faith. He's trustworthy, but he has also someone who has faith. He knows that exactly what he has is exactly what he's supposed to have. And so it comes out through his hand, What's the message? The incredible message of Pekude, of the countings. Everything is precise. Everything is exactly what it's supposed to be. Everything is the exact amount it's supposed to be. If you have something, you're not supposed to have more. If you don't have something, you're not supposed to have that thing. You have exactly what you're supposed to have. The other person has exactly what he's supposed to have. It's an incredible lesson. It's an incredible idea. Korach is the example of the opposite. What's the lesson of the Pasuk? Again, Misha'ena Namon Va'atzla Hashir Lohinaka. Va'atzla Hashir, says the Medrash. It's somebody, he's trying to get rich, he's trying to get something he doesn't have, he's trying to be, be more than he is. A kar, a, maybe a Karak is rich already. He's so rich, he's the guy that's trying to get rich. Yeah, he's the guy that's trying to get rich. He doesn't. The person who's trying to get rich means he doesn't recognize that what he has is what he needs, and what he needs is what he has. So it's an incredible lesson. You want to see blessings in your life. Don't look for ribui. Don't look for a lot. Asab says Yeshli Rav. Right, Yeshli Rav. I have a lot. Right, he brags about how much he has. Yaakov says Yeshli Kol. I have. I have everything. It means that he recognizes that he has exactly what he needs. That's why he goes back to get the Pachim Ketanim, because he goes back to get these small vessels. Why? Because he knows that everything that he has is exactly what he needs. He can't leave something behind. So, that's the idea. And uh, I want to bless you and I ask you to bless me. Shem should help us to recognize that indeed, we want to see blessings. We want to see blessings in our lives, we need to recognize that the blessings are already there. That they're already there. Thank you so much for listening. 
Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.